This episode, I'm excited to introduce you to the first non-76 grad uh, from the class from the United States Air Force Academy, Joseph Abakunda. He is a, a foreign exchange student from Rwanda. Was a top alphabetically in the class of 2014. He was a cadet squadron 18 commander while a cadet. He uh, also attended and, and completed the Army Air Assault Course at Fort Campbell. He was a Senate aide for one of our senators. I, they didn't have the same kind of summers. Uh, foreign exchange kids don't get the same kind of summers that the uh, typical uh, cadets get. He was a glider pilot. Upon graduation, he became a helicopter pilot for the Rwandan uh, Search and Rescue Service. He earned a German gold badge. He is now the uh, chief strategy officer of the Rwanda Space Agency. He's also the top graduate of the Egyptian Special Forces Parachute Course. He's got his master's in science, uh, engineering, in space and business. And I think you're going to really enjoy his story. Just want to let you know at the start of this one, Joseph asked me a question and that got about how this whole program got started. I thought I'd leave it in that a recording so that those of you who haven't had the briefing from me directly uh, hear, uh, hear me telling Joseph. This is typically a, a review I do before every uh, interview so that everybody knows kind of what page we're starting from. Uh, those of you who are listening to this uh, and kind of curious as to how this whole thing got started, you'll hear that story at the beginning of this. Well, thanks for doing this. Awesome. Happy to. Um, how did this start, by the way? So you want to you want the background. I will. Uh, okay. Real quickly, okay. I want to make sure I say your name right. Abakunda. Yep. Abakunda. Joseph, Joseph Abakunda. Okay. I, I, I've been practicing that, wanting to make sure I didn't <laughs> screw it up. <laughs> um, you're, you're better than all the basic cadet cadre. They, they all called me Anaconda. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm bad, I, that, that's that's pretty raw if they're if they're gonna butcher nah. your name you know you're in trouble <laughs> honestly it's it got the job done um got pretty close with my with my classmates so <laughs> no hard feelings we, we became pretty tight after that <laughs> that's good uh th this whole program uh is kind of it, it it goes back a few years i was uh working out at my local gymnasium okay. and uh i have a west point friend who came up and goes you need to check out the girl at the front desk, the, the cute blonde. You'll like her T-shirt. And I go, okay, come on. I'm going to, my wife is going to kill me. What are you, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I go, and on my way out, I, I, I go by the desk and, and, you know, the friendly kid at the front and she's wearing a CS 27 Thunderbird T-shirt. Wow. And, and I go, okay, well, okay. How, where did you get that shirt? She goes, oh, my brother's a first at the Air Force Academy and it's my dream to go there. And I go, well, wow. did you, have you applied? And she goes, well, I'm, I'm a, she was a senior in high school and she'd already been rejected. So oh, she yeah. had, she was in the middle of her second round of application applying and she was going to go to community college. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, I'm a graduate, so good luck. I mean, it's, it's not for the faint of heart to go to that place. Right. And, <laughs> and so I checked in with her every, every couple of weeks afterwards and then she got rejected a second time. And so she was really down the dumps. And I said, what are you going to do? She goes, I only get one more application, one more chance to apply. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to join the Civil Air Patrol, whatever, the Washington National Guard. We, we live, I'm up in Seattle. Mm -hmm. And uh, and she said, would you write me a recommendation? And I go, well, wait, I don't think you, I don't think you want a recommendation from me. Mm -hmm. I, I graduated the bottom of my class. I, I didn't even go in the Air Force. I ended up going into the Navy. And she goes, yeah, but you're the only grad I know. And I go, wow. crap. 
<laughs> so the pressure was on and I, and I went ahead and wrote her a letter and, and in the letter, I just said, you know, I, I know you guys have your analytics and I know you have your uh, uh, teams in the case of the women, they, they had teams and they have, you know, different clubs and things that they got to fill in. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you're looking for somebody with a positive attitude and, and a grit and determination that to see this thing through, this is, this gal is, has, is showing that to me. And from my years, that was the only thing that got me through was having the attitude and the grit. Right. And sure enough, she gets in. Wow. <laughs> so her dually year was uh, right in the middle of COVID. Oh, wow. And I'm, I'm going, Oh, what have, what have I done? I've sent this just poor kid to prison and now it's even worse than normal. And, and she was telling me how, uh, <laughs> She was telling me how they, you know, they couldn't go to classes. They were doing everything on Zoom calls. Uh, they had Thanksgiving and spring break canceled. Um, and the morale was really bad. A couple of the upperclassmen had killed themselves. They were having uh, lots of people were uh, quitting the, the, her class. And, and, and had me go back and think back to my, my freshman year when we, we showed up in the summer of 72, 1972, when Vietnam was going, right. coming to, but it was, coming to an end because of protests and riots in the U.S. Uh, the Watergate thing was starting to spool up. Mm -hmm. We had, uh, well, we were duallys. We were supposed to wear uniforms off base until about a month or two into uh, our freshman year. They said no more uniforms off base. Too many cadets are getting beat up by this town people. <laughs> we had we had protests on campus. We had you know, young kids would come down from uh, whatever, whatever schools or whatever, and they would attend chapel with us on Sunday. And then on our way out of the chapel, they had these little jars of blood they throw on us. Oh, wow. And uh, so my class started with 1500 cadets. The draft ended, Vietnam wound down. The anti-military thing was really strong in the country at the time. Watergate mm -hmm. was spooling up and we ended up losing 600 of, them, of 1500 guys. So we only graduated about a little over 900 cadets, 900 officers. So our morale was pretty low too. <laughs> <laughs> and I just shared that with her. I said, you know, and I told her what my the spirit of 76 was my class. And what we did is we, those of us that stuck around, we said we wanted to, you know, rebuild the spirit, right. the original spirit. And it all culminated with the uh, bicentennial and all that stuff. It was all pretty good. Mm -hmm. So she goes, oh, my gosh, we, my class, my squad, I really need to hear this. Would you would you be willing to join us on one of these uh I guess they were doing trainings, uh, afternoon trainings on a Zoom call. Mm -hmm. And I said, uh, okay, can I bring some guests? Because again, you don't, I don't want to be the person <laughs> that's talking to, to <laughs> cadets about, you know, oh, if, you, right. if, you, if you're on academic probation all the time and you end up in the Navy, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I brought a couple other of my buddies, a couple of my roommates, and, and the three of us got on one of their calls. We shared some of our stories with them. And, and I asked for feedback afterwards and she was real polite. She goes, well, you guys are really good. It's probably the best we've had all year. And the class of 26 is going to be really lucky. And I go, what do you mean? <laughs> she goes, well, that's, you're going to be their legacy class. They're going to really, and I go, oh crap, that's right. And they're showing up this summer. So, so the class oh. of 26 comes in this summer. And I thought, well, I, you know, I don't want, I wanted to do something for the legacy thing. Mm -hmm. And I found this anchor app that I was using for, to record this, some of these podcasts. I thought, well, let me just talk to some grads and see what it's, what, you know, the guys from my cadet squadron were really strong. Mm -hmm. We didn't, none of us quit. We, we had one guy get kicked out. Actually, 
officially we had two guys get kicked out. One guy for grades with a semester to go and another guy kicked out like a month into our uh, third class year for drugs. So we didn't, most of the guys yeah. didn't remember we had this other guy for a while. <laughs> and so that, that, and that bond, we got together, uh, we've gotten together over the years. Uh, and when you say we're close, we had one guy pass away, but you know, you have 27, 28 guys from that all going to, uh, for the most part, active duty uh, life and nobody dies and, and they're still strong friends. And I thought, well, that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good clump of people. Let's, let's share that with the uh, alumni group. Mm-hmm. So I did a bunch of these podcasts. I don't know if you've listened to any of the other ones, but uh, mm-hmm. for the most part, it's, we're having a good time and we're, I'm thinking their families are going to love to hear this stuff because uh, we're all scattered. We're all, nobody's, nope, very few of us live in close, close proximity to each other. Wow. And, uh, and then I shared it with the AOG at, in October and they go, we like this so much. Would you like to do other classes and other squadrons? So, <laughs> so, so Emma and Joe and Forrest and Navir have said, hey, let's set up a thing where people can, if they want to do this, because they would like to get the younger people uh, to share some of their stories. Mm-hmm. And you are my first of the non-76 people we're going to do this with. No kidding. Wow. No kidding. <laughs> That's amazing. I've, I've got I got several people lined up, but I I I specifically am impressed with your background. I wanted to make sure that we uh, we included you on this thing. All right, appreciate that. Um, happy to help in any way. Um, so I'm gonna congratulate you for being alphabetically number one in the class of fourteen. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was a. Uh, that was some, just, just an odd thing uh, that wasn't really the best during basic because you always got picked on as much, but then later <laughs> on, it didn't matter. So, Joseph, I, 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 uh, I assume yeah. that you grew up in Rwanda, is that correct? I grew up in Uganda. So, um, yeah, yeah um, at the time when I was born, you know, there was a bunch of refugees who were across, uh, I guess, scattered in the different countries uh, neighboring Rwanda because of what was going on in Rwanda, which is what led to the genocide that um, you all have heard of and you know met, met the headlines in 94. Um, yep. After that, about seven years later, after the genocide had ended, um, then you know, I got to return uh, back to Rwanda. Interesting. So I got back as a, as a teenager, yeah. And so that kind of leads me to what I always have a question for us old guys, but I'm, I'm curious, mm-hmm. what, what message would you like to give to uh, the incoming class, uh, current cadets, recent grads, and, and of course, any old goats like myself about, about your experience at Air Force? Um, I guess uh, never to feel like, uh, you know, what you're going through is um, like kind of always being, uh, always, I guess, having experience expectation that, you know, things will get better because um, when, you know, your head sick into, into the moment of, you know, just making it through the academy and graduating, um, you don't seem to understand or it's not that obvious that, you know, the, um, the value, the potential, the work that could uh, come after you graduate. So I guess it's just keeping your head up and knowing that, um, you know, this too will uh, this too shall pass, 
if you may. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's 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 really it's a training ground which stretches stretches you a lot more in such a short amount of time. Helps you understand more about yourself than you ever uh, knew you did. And um, with the uh, with time, once once I guess you're patient with with that, um, I think the rewards are, are definitely worth it. Yeah, I like to uh, let younger folks know that it seems to find every one of your weaknesses and exposes them to everybody. Very true. <laughs> it's very, it's it's a rough thing, and but it makes you tougher long term when you're over your life. It makes you uh, uh, really able to deal with all the things that come your way. Absolutely. Um, so so I'm curious why why the Air Force Academy? Because you, I would assume you had you had some options. Um, I did, but the Air Force Academy was the most elite of, of all my options. Um, I actually believe I did get into West Point as well. Uh, and at that point, because ours an international, I don't know if you know much about how internationals get there, but um, basically um, there's about 15 slots every single year where um, different allies of the US uh, kind of come to enrich the different uh, cadets experiences because uh, they can kind of uh, have 15 international allies embedded within as cadets doing everything just like you know the American colleagues yep. and spend four years there so um, I think Singapore is the country I know that has probably had it the longest because I think maybe the last like the last 10 years their chiefs of defense staff have all been like service academy either Naval West Point or Air Force grads uh, but ours, I was only the second. Ours was the first was only 2010, so I was the second um, that came there. And why Air Force? So I just had a higher math score on the SAT, so my country just decided to send me to Air Force. But I got into both West Point and Air Force. I didn't have a choice on that, but I'm glad they did. <laughs> okay, because I was going to say from Rwanda to Colorado, it's quite a temperature change. <laughs> no kidding. Um, yeah, and. Uh, yeah, I, I remember very well um, one demerit I got. I could not manage to cross from. Um, I couldn't manage to cross from. Uh, from. Uh, I couldn't manage to go for uh, an a hole, an ad hole um, briefing when it was negative forty, and each time I got out of um, each time I got out of niches, I just couldn't manage, and I would head back in. Um, and I was the last man standing, you know, and lunch is all done. And I just tried to figure out, and the windshield was so strong. It was almost blowing me off the track. So I just managed to get myself into the library and um, I just couldn't see myself. So, yeah, that was, that was a well-earned demerit. <laughs> I, I, uh, I totally relate because I'm sitting there at this place going, how did we find the American Siberia? <laughs> it, it looks so it looks so pretty in the pictures that you get out here and it's uh, freaking freezing all the time. <laughs> yeah, because all the pictures are taken during the summer. The Thunderbirds, you know, the soaring, the drawing. Oh, yeah. and... <laughs> they they don't show the dark uh, the dark parkas and walking through the snowdrifts going back and forth to the classes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, I would have and, and then did, was there anything uh, that stood out for you on dually year that was good or bad or indifferent? Um, well, very one good thing, um, I think uh, dually year, one of the most things I, I remember the most was um, 
OBL got captured then uh, when, when I was in my freshman year and I was sitting CQ. We had just, was after recognition, I was still a freshman CS40 and I was sitting CQ and um, we, you know, basically, you know, we, I think the afternoon of is when the DEF CON a lot was, you know, raised and um, basically not sitting CQ. I was told, hey, um, you know, got um, command centers, uh, an email for everyone to turn on the CNN and just stay locked in their rooms and stay put. And two hours later, all the cadets won the superintendents building, you know, some stricken with masks, basically celebrating uh, this victory. Um, so that's a very famous time for me, you know, where like all the cadets got together and was celebrating, you know, um, and, and such such times, recognition also stands up there in Duvier. Uh, basic cadet training also really up there. I mean, that's the best welcome to America <laughs> program you can ever have. <laughs> it's like, um, um, I remember this big black football player who was a cadre of mine, um, and he he couldn't remember my name, or he just had for some reason a hard time saying my name, and he just wanted me to, you know, basically take him seriously. So he said, "Listen, Anaconda, I speak two languages: push-ups and 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 he, you know, cast the f word and he's like f you yeah. and <laughs> and that I just got down and just said pushing, pushing, pushing up, and I yeah, it was. Uh, very, very good times because after that, all my classmates always uh, made fun of me um, after that. But we, we got pretty tired after that with the cadre, with my classmates. So I think Dulia was a very good time to kind of um, make very good friendships and grow the bonds. Yeah, you definitely you definitely form a bond with your, your guys or, or your classmates that are all going through the same grief and, and yeah. putting up with it. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> What uh, what was upper class like? Were, were, now you were Alibaba's upper classman? No, so I was CS40 under, uh, I guess, freshman year, then um, CS18, Knight Riders okay. for uh, the, the other three years. I think now they're due two and two. Um, upper class was very good for me because I kind of had a very good mentorship, um, both on the academic side as well as uh, the co-curricular. And I just threw myself into every sort of co-curricular activities. Um, I guess one of the things of being an international, you just, you just don't have family close by. So any single, uh, any single you know, opportunity you get to um, spend um, with another club just you know, is, is great. So I did have quite a number of uh, leadership opportunities. I believe my first year I even, I was Squadcom for CS18 for our first semester, yeah. um, did, um, um, th there's a little program, I don't think it's known by many, but it's like only 1% of cadets do it and it's called army programs. And it's basically for uh, cadets who intend to cross commission into the army or like into some special unit like the SEALs or that kind of thing after graduation and not like mainstream air force. And you basically have like an OIC who is like, the one of the ALCs, but like it's from like a special unit, uh, special force unit. So our year, I think it was CS seven, eight, nine. One of the, it was in group one, and he was a stole. So he had like this red beret, and like you know he tucked in his, you know his blues, and it was just like something cool. Um, so he was our officer in charge, and the upper class cadets, um, the two degrees on the first is 
we, we kind of used to, it was voluntary getting beat up, like who signs up just to <laughs> break their body voluntarily Friday night. Um, so yeah, I, I really loved that. It was a very, very small group and uh, we had fun together trekking, you know, the mountains in Colorado, the incline, all the 14ers and that kind of thing. But you, in the way you're basically learning army tactics, you're learning, um, that's where I got to yeah. like really improve my swimming. So by the time like swimming class came, uh, I mean, Rhonda is landlocked, so we, we don't have many oceans here. Um, so yeah, that, that was also a very good thing. I, I enjoyed upper class uh, life a lot more. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I uh, I remember we had something called Recondo. I was not part of that, but it, I think it was something similar. Right. Where it was uh, army guys doing going off on the weekends and and camping and hiking and doing all their death defying adventures as as uh, sort of like a, ra- a early ranger kind of training is what I is I, what I recall what Recondo was. I'm mm-hmm. sure I'll hear it from my classmates saying I have it all wrong, but I didn't <laughs> I didn't qualify for that, so it's okay. <laughs> Um, What's a cooler version of Recondo? During our time, Recondo, I think, had now become like it's like reconditioning for like cadets who were like on athletic probation. And um, yeah, okay. as uh, as I was an instructor in one of for one of the semesters, I volunteered for that, just kind of getting some cadets back in shape, taking them to do pull ups, that kind of thing. <laughs> so introducing them to your two languages, right? <laughs> <Push ups> <laughs> nah. <laughs> Yeah, Um, and I see a lot in your uh, cadet days of uh, being involved in the Falcon SAP projects. Correct. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So very funny. Um, Anyone who's been at the academy for the last 15, 20 years knows Colonel Frat. He was the head of the Astro department and he was my sponsor dad. And I think he's sponsored probably a couple of other international students. He just loves traveling and He's a very, very hardcore 60-year-old, so class of 81. Anyway, so he was head of the Astro Department, and he was like some sort of rite of passage for you to become like his sponsor cadet. Uh, you know, like you needed to be good at Astro. So I put in some more work just because of um, I knew on the weekends I would, I would need, you know, to go and eat some good brownies and some homemade food. And, yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah. so... Yeah, I think that was my intro. So I got involved in the Falcon side program and we kind of used to launch balloons. One time we got our, um, we, we, we completely messed up our telemetry that the, uh, what we were reading was completely off and we had to go pick up the balloon about 200 miles in Kansas. That's where the balloon had fallen. <laughs> Luckily it had a GPS on and, uh, but yeah, that was, that was very good hands-on, um, you know, kind of, um, skills with the Falcon SAT program. I did not think I was going to ever use it. And then when I got back <laughs> home, <laughs> um, you know, I was flying such rescue helicopters and uh, I always thought, you know, I'm just going to fly, fly, fly. Uh, Cause that's what you're taught, you know, uh, good officers do at the academy <laughs> once you graduate. Um, but when I got back, you know, Rwanda decided, hey, we need to send up a, a small cube chat. Um, and you're the only guy who has done Astro anything. I wasn't an Astro major, but I done the core Astro 410. So. <laughs> So like, and um, yeah. I was like, all right, this gets me a master's degree and I get to help my country launch the first satellite, sign me up. So yeah, that helped. That's cool. That's, yeah. that's, that's really neat. And so that, that was partly based on the space club is, was a Falcon set thing. Is that right? 
correct. So Falcon, so there's a space club, which was kind of like a hobbyist, uh, go down to yeah. the lab. But then Falcon sat, actually, uh, this is really kudos to the Astro department. And I don't know if there's any other college, honestly, that that does um, what they I do. Don't, but I don't Falcon think <laughs> Yeah, so Falcon Sat is really embedded into like your actual curriculum. So you can sign okay. up your capstone and you don't need to be an astro major. You could be a management guy and you could be an astro aero guy and you'll have some sort mm. system. And the good thing about it is it's actually done over different years. So I want to say now they're probably Falcon Sat eight or nine. At the time, I think I worked in Falcon Sat three, which had been built by 2012, like two classes before me. And I also worked on Falcon Sat five designing it and left before it was even launched. So you kind of, it's a multi-year process and like you know, right. the professors really teach you all you need to know. So, yeah. I remember uh, I went to one of the lectures at my, one of my more recent reunions and they were talking about this satellite program and they had a, uh, a story about how we had one of the Falcon sats up there for a long time and they were trying to, uh, to see if it was still workable and usable. And the cadets had figured out how to get it to look down and, and photograph things when it had, it was supposedly no longer in service. <laughs> and they had they reverse hacked it and figured out how to continue to get it to look down on the ground. And it scared the, uh, the three letter agencies that are, that are running around and they go, <laughs> we, got, we can't let this happen. We can't let this get out. I, I thought that was pretty interesting. <laughs> That's funny. That's very yeah. funny. Um, yeah, and uh, there, was, there was just a cool bunch of uh, folks in the Astro department. I remember one retired guy called uh, Jack Anthony. He's probably around your um, class range, I would say. He's class of 76, I want to say. Uh, but yeah, um, he, me and him really connected. Uh, yeah, but and then I also had an, an, an actual astronaut who was one of my systems engineering professors, Connor Dutton, who was a uh, class of 91. So yeah, that that really inspires you uh, quite a bit too, because oh. I never heard of Astro anything before before you suffer. So yeah, that helps. Uh, and I think I think that's a good message for the crowd listening in is that the academy isn't just a school and, and a hard place. It's also got instructors that are active duty or people who have done what they're teaching, and right. it, and it does it does inspire. It's not like you're going to a, a regular college where some professor's never done what he's talking about he's just studied it these guys have actually applied it and and i, I that that to me that was the most impressive thing about uh, the at least the faculty at air force they were all mm -hmm. they had all lived the life as well as we're teaching it they wasn't they weren't just, and they were only there for a short time they were it was just one of their assignments i, I guess they've got more yeah. civilian professor more permanent guys now um i think it was very strong military. I think it was like 70% to 30. It may have changed in the last couple of years, but um, yeah, there was a very good um, significant portion of, uh, of military uh, professors, yeah. instructors. Yeah. You're getting indoctrination uh, in a <laughs> more positive way than just being yelled at by upperclassmen. <laughs> right. <laughs> they bring the sanity. And, and Joe, I see here you went to Fort Campbell, Kentucky. So um, I uh -huh. so right with the um, program I was just talking about the Army programs course for people who are intending yeah. to cross list. Um, usually, like the top five, um, we usually start out at about eighty to hundred, and by the time we graduate, it's just like twenty. Um, so usually they'll get the top five, and 
the Air Force Academy will allow them to go do like army courses or special force courses like air assault and airborne. So I went to do air assault, but because we are the academy, it's only done with a sister academy. So I went to West Point, but the unit that was doing it for all West Pointers was uh, the one first from Fort Campbell, um, Kentucky. So okay. yeah, the, the I guess you know they bring they bring Fort Campbell to Camp Smith, which is where West Point does their aerosol training but everything else is the same and you yeah so you had to put up with all the gray buildings and the gray uniforms and the grayness of west point <laughs> yeah <laughs> i i still prefer colorado springs <laughs> I, 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 I pick it on the west point guys because yeah I, i've been there a few times and it's been just a, to me it's just a miserable <laughs> color scheme over there it's all gray it's the gray sky, the gray buildings, the gray uniforms. Good grief, fellas. Come on. <laughs> yeah. I, I pick on the one guy. Okay. Um, then did you, so instead of third lieutenant, did you, I saw you work one summer with uh, Senator Imhoff? That is correct. So um, my internships, I did aerosol, no, not internships, my summer. So because I'm international, I only went home like for Christmas break. Um, so okay. the rest of my summers, cause I knew I'd just be stateside. I just either took extra classes or tried to get, you know, some other, other, yeah, I guess, useful way of my time. So I did air assault. I did go down to Lapland to actually train enlisted airmen for about a month. Um, right before air assault, I interned for Senator Inhofe in the defense and foreign affairs um, Matter of fact, uh, the time Mohammed Morsi, the coup d'etat that happened, um, I, that's a very memorable time for me, actually, because uh, yeah. I hope actually got to autograph this, but the, uh, the press release that um, Congress actually released on behalf, um, um, I actually authored that for him. And, you know, you're always on Twitter and, you know, just trying to make sure what are we writing, is this the correct thing? And I had an army reservist, army major, reservist who was like um, the one that I was working for at the time in his office. So he's on a looked over all this stuff. So yeah. And then I also did an internship at the US Africa Command in Stuttgart. Yeah. And yes, that I saw very, that too. Yeah, that was that was really cool too. Um go to go down range to Djibouti um, for about a week. Um hung out actually got to meet a couple of Air Force grads flying flying helicopters there out of New Mexico and um, yeah, so I enjoyed my summers really. Um, I really enjoyed And then I, another thing you did was uh, the Boston University and Tufts conferences on global leadership. Mm -hmm. So was that, um, that was while you were a cadet, right? Yeah, so that was actually a three degree year. Um, as a three degree, there's a club called the Allies Group. It's kind of like their, their job is like to bridge the civil military divide. So you have a bunch of poli-sci folks. Um, so one time I, I showed up and I was just, you know, uh, giving them a bit, they, they wanted to understand a bit more about Africa in general. Um, so one of their professors uh, called Professor Forrester, um, still a great friend until now, um, he asked me to yeah, reach out, you know, come talk to these cadets. And, you know, after talking to them, I just, you know, connected. So I just kept attending their meetings and they're like, hey, just be part of the club. <laughs> So yeah, I, I joined that way, um, kept telling them a bit about, you know, Africa and just adding, I guess, some context to what they were reading. Um, 
yeah, so part part of that was a conference that happened at, at Tufts. Um, it's called the Allies Group. And um, I remember we, we got to present in front of, um, she was the Assistant Secretary of Defense, Michelle Fornoy, um, oh, wow. at the time. And yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. I mean, for a 19, 20 year old, that's, that's like, you know, epitome of success. <laughs> Joseph, for a 60 year old, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So, I also I also see that uh, you got to be a glider pilot. Yes, so um, that's the um, the traditional, you know, like you during the summer you get to you either go jump or you go to fly gliders. Um, so yeah, I, I did I did the glider pilot thing. I did not stay on the team. I really wanted to. Um, but I think in my country's interest, uh, it was it made more sense for me to get my pilot license. So I ended up paying for my pilot license at the airfield and flying, um, I guess, taking all my free time and, and just going to the airfield more, but to fly the actual, to get my actual license as opposed to the glider. Um, but I was very tight with the glider community as well. The best part about flying uh, the aero club which is what it was called was each time after you got out of um the uh, after the airfield especially friday evenings um yeah. I, I always turned left instead of turning right to go back to the academy and i just did a drive through chick-fil-a and always bought a strawberry <laughs> milkshake and uh, uh the chicken sandwich and that 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 started the weekend off very well always <laughs> Something food from anything but Mitchell Hall, yes. Uh, <laughs> oh yes. Um, yeah, but I was quite a bit of a soup tooth. I think uh, I had over five hundred milkshakes in my four years. I really love the Chick-fil-A milkshakes that bad. <laughs> my goodness. Yeah. So, so that kind of leads me to a maybe an awkward question. You said mm -hmm. that your your country kind of leaned on you as, as to what they wanted you to take and what they were willing to support. Did you mm -hmm. ever think of quitting? Yes. Oh. I, I thought of quitting uh, right after I got off the bus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I still remember his name, James T. Colvin the third. So that guy scared the hell. Out. Oh my gosh! Um, I he big black football player had his duck shades. Um, and in Africa, we're not we're not as bulky as uh, as as our colleagues in in the states. So. He's, 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 he has like three of me in him and he was just yelling at me and I was still getting used to the accent and stuff. So um, yeah, I, I wanted to quit from when I got off the bus. Um, but then, <laughs> yeah, I think one of the things that I guess as an international, you, yeah, the option is always there, but it, it's not like ever taken seriously at the back of your mind. You just know like, you know, that's not me. You just gotta push through and um, it's, um, you, you just have to find resilience somewhere deep inside. And it's um, your grit, yeah, your grit and your determination. It, that, yeah. That's the theme I mean, that comes through everybody. <laughs> it really is. Um, and again, I mean, you asked a personal question, so I hope you don't mind me saying this, but um, really what, uh, above all else, above the resilience and, and really saying I'm really hardcore. No, it's, um, I really leaned on my faith quite a bit um, and it, it helped me during the tough times. So one of the, um, every Friday evening, me and a couple of my friends uh, used to go to this fellowship 
at a new life new life church um, in the springs called the mill and i was also part of um two bible study groups one called navigators and uh um, the other called god chasers so each time like you know you were down um my experience really was um, that 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 tended to to do the trick a bit uh, and obviously the weekends getting to talk to family every once in a while assuming the time difference didn't was not an issue but yeah um the faith really helped me out quite a bit and uh, i think i can confidently say without my faith i probably would have my body would have given in um yeah, yeah. everybody has a stress relief valve and that and that mm -hmm. your faith uh was was help was what you use for whatever reason my group we had faith in and many of the guys but it was mostly for the most part the group would try to use us pranks and humor to get through the really bad right. stuff yeah and, uh, um you won't believe it but my roommate's version of humor was um <laughs> he had a particular time of day where he would come and he would know i am down and he would just release the worst fart ever um, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah but um still 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 love him to death right now but um yeah he he used to piss me off quite a bit then well, some, sometimes the, <laughs> the sense of humor is only one way. If you get a chance, uh, there's there's one recording that I, I encourage you to listen to. A guy named Jimmy Doe in my in my list. There, if you if you want to hear about some funny stuff, that that guy did similar stuff, very bizarre. <laughs> stuff. <laughs> I'm gonna check him out. Yeah. All right. Um, and then you became a pilot when you graduated. Right. Um, so and you went back to Rwanda? <laughs> Indeed. Um, yeah. So um, the international experience, you kind of do four years and then, you know, you go back and serve in your country. So I did, you know, um, get my power training uh, at the Air Force Academy within the Aero Club. Um, okay. And so when I got back, um, you know, it was kind of decided our immediate need right now is not really in the fixed wing aircraft because we have troops uh, that are in the Sudan doing UN peacekeeping missions. Okay. So I retrained on, on helicopters, I guess, to serve, um, to serve that UN mission. Funny thing is, right when my time to go downrange to serve the UN peacekeeping missions came, then my country decided, um, you know what, we, we need, we need a, a satellite, we need our first satellite, and, and thank you the guy <laughs> for it. So. <laughs> well, hang, hang, let, me, let me stop you real quick. So yeah. First, you learn to be a, a, a guy flying a pilot and a Cessna or whatever they have at the academy. Right. And then they, they put you in a bucket of bolts that can go backwards called a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then they put you, then they, then they have you go do a, a satellite, throw, throw a CubeSat up in the sky. That's cool. So, so the, uh, they never really deployed on the uh, helicopter side of it, but you got involved in the first ever Rwandan space adventure of a satellite. Correct. When did so, they, when did that launch? So it launched um, 2019 is when it went up um, on a Japanese rocket and it's still up actually. It has, um, you can always find it online. You know, we just downloaded some telemetry uh, um, yesterday morning. Um, and it, it has, it's, it's mainly like with the university. Um, so yeah, it's 
it's actually uh, outlived its lifespan, which is very common for uh, space projects. They're, they usually mm -hmm. over-engineer. Um, but yeah, it was initially supposed to be out for just one year, um, but it's still been up since. And is it doing a, a, a high definition visual or what, what, what is it providing, what kind of information does it provide you guys that, that no. you're allowed to tell me? No, no, it's, it's totally okay because um, it, it's mainly, so it's mainly the university, it's primary, uh, it had two missions. One was just to teach uh, these students an introduction to, you know, space technologies, but then the payload, it kind of has like a, um, a LoRa antenna, like a low frequency um, antenna. So each time it passes over like uh, farms in Rwanda, there's like sensors that are measuring and, you know, uh, uploading and downloading this data. So you kind of can measure what the soil temperature in this in this particular farm and um, and that kind of thing. So it's mainly to to teach, but then also um, yeah, it's uh, the country really wanted uh, their first satellite, and hopefully we'll we'll get more. Now I think that uh, you might be glossing over something that at least in in the research on you uh, was really <laughs> impressive to me, and that is your tactical air control party. Mm -hmm. where you were saving people after uh, disasters is that a big part of the uh, rescue mission of your of your helicopter outfit right so um i've been involved in with disasters uh in two different fronts the the helicopter version was um kind of you know your traditional like let's say um like one i remember that i'm happy to talk about is like you know there's a, a very big bus uh that has crashed and um you know, you the closest to get these people to hospital is going to be via airlift, and so you, mm -hmm. know, you kind of fly about thirty-minute missions, and you know, some some don't make it, most make it, um, and that's very satisfying. Um, the other side of the disaster support that I've been doing is the most recent one is this last May, not even a year ago. We had like a very terrible volcanic eruption in a you know this um, mountain that. It erupts, it's a volcano that erupts about every 20 years or so. And, but it's just like a stone's throw away from our side of the border. Um, oh, wow. And the problem is when it erupts, uh, you know, everyone flees into, into our country. And this is during the pandemic. Everyone is wondering how do we social distance? How <laughs> do we, I mean, Rwanda is doing pretty well on managing the pandemic. But the problem is with satellite imagery, you could actually tell, guess what? 90% of the epicenters of all these earthquakes are actually originating from our side of the border. So we now need to care. It's a run-in problem as well. Um, so that's like, you know, you do, uh, actually some of this um, expertise we actually did not have and we had to tap into like uh, the network. I remember um, uh, Dr. Bayer up in uh, the NASA Alaska facility was very, very helpful. So, NASA, we reached, we worked with them quite a bit uh, during during that uh, emergency as well. So the TACP version was the first one, which was you know with helos and going going to help uh, people who need to get to get medevaced, basically. Cool. Uh, that sounds really impressive, uh, and it sounds like a, you're going to have a long uh, career of dealing with that because as the climate change hits everybody, there's just yep. stuff happening all over all the time we had here in mm -hmm. seattle we had a, a super hot weekend last summer that boiled all the shellfish in the in the in the wow. puget sound and so they we hit our first ever 100 110 degree days 
uh, Fahrenheit, mm-hmm. and uh, and they said you can't eat any of the shellfish for this season. And we're hoping we don't have it quite that bad this summer, but it just keeps getting worse and worse. Oh, no. um, <clears throat> now, let's see. Before I finish up here, I see you are in. I see Canberra, Australia, Tokyo, Japan, and the Bay Area, California for the X Prize. Do you go to all these places or is this just uh, groups that you're associated with? Um, mainly groups I'm associated with. Um, the, the thing is, uh, travel is there to those places, but because of uh, a lot of those are, have happened during the pandemic. Yeah. So like uh, with the X Prize, I don't know if you're familiar with the X Prize, but basically, like, um, you know, they're trying to figure out. Uh, what's the next incentivize? How do we incentivize? I guess uh, uh, the hardest problems in in the space sector, um, and so it's a lot of brainstorming. Um, we're supposed to attend, you know, the summit in uh, in October, but yeah, the pandemic and all that um, happened. But yeah, it's uh, and then with with Canberra. Um, there's like uh, this, the Australian government is supporting African nations in using Earth observation like analysis. Um, so part of like, for example, the, the volcanic eruption, that's what they call interferometric SAR. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, that's some of the work that, you know, we do with them. That's cool. And then the last thing is I didn't realize there were 300,000 satellites up there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so um, actually, I mean, I, I can't go into the details for this, but you could find some some info online. But um, yeah, Rwanda, <laughs> Rwanda is uh, is really trying to uh, to to uh, incentivize, I guess, uh, you know, the space sector on the continent and kind of um, the peaceful use of, of of outer space and that kind of thing. So. Yeah, that um, that we'll talk about another time. Okay. Yeah, I, I, for those of us, my my generation group, we kind of remember we were little kids and our parents freaking out when the first satellite went up. So <laughs> the thing yeah. there's three hundred thousand of them out there, and that's that's quite a bit. Um, well, yeah. Joseph, I I, I I leave the floor to you. What do you have any uh, parting comments? Um. I, yeah. Um. Nothing much, really, really excited, you know, to, you know, it's, it's definitely better being on, on the side of graduation. Um, so I guess those, those that are still at the academy kind of keep, keep your head up, um, you know, don't. Yeah I, yeah, I tell people it's much better having, having been there than having gone, than being there. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a great place to be from. It's not the greatest place to be at. And, and I know there's true. a lot of. A lot of younger grads and and even guys my my age group they do not like going back, and I just <laughs> just let you know that they they aren't going to throw you back in a class. You're not going to get an honor violation. It, it it's okay if you get through there and you get your diploma. It that the pain will will wane and you'll be able to go back and remember some of the fun times. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, um, yeah. But this was great. Um, really, really excited and. Uh... Looking forward to hearing from, I guess, the rest of the grad. Well, thank you, Joseph. And I guess uh, since you had to record this, can you send it to me? <laughs> Absolutely. We'll share this right away. Yeah, I'll put it on a drive, on a Google Drive, and then you can download it. Oh, right, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. It was a wonderful talking to you. And I, I look forward to meeting you someday. Absolutely. Hey, if you're ever on the African continent, hit me up.
I, my, I keep telling my wife I want to go see the gorillas. And <laughs> she keeps telling me that there's no way she's going to Africa. So I, I, I've been to Kenya once. I was okay. in the Navy. We pulled into Mombasa, and I, I got to do the, uh, the photo safari. That was pretty fun. I enjoyed that. That's a pretty place. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. But seriously, um, I mean, this applies even to like other grads as well. If happy, I was, you know, stay connected with as many on LinkedIn and that kind of thing. So if anyone is ever, you know, in the vicinity, happy to, to hook them up in any way. Yeah. And if people uh, know Joseph and remember him and want to reach out to him, ping me and I'll try and get you in touch with him uh, the way I did. All right. Thank you guys. <laughs> All righty. Have a good one. Good night. Bye-bye. Yeah.